Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Open Wheel Debrief with your host, Patrick Hamilton, and my co-host, Tom Settle. Today, we're going to be talking about IndyCar versus F1 and how the iRacing series has taken over the open wheel world. We're going to talk about differences between the virtual races, and we're going to talk about why we are starting this Open Wheel Debrief podcast. All that and more on today's episode. They're lit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Open Wheel Debrief. As I talked about earlier, I'm Patrick Hamilton. It's my co-host, Tom Settle, and we're here to talk to you about all things open wheel racing. Now, personally, I know Tom and I are a huge fan of open wheel racing, whether it be F1 or IndyCar. That's our two main jams. We love talking about it, and that's really what we're going to be bringing to some analysis, some of these weird times in the coronavirus about the e-racing, but on a regular calendar year, we're going to be talking about upcoming races, drama that's going on in the sport, uh, strategic moves by different teams, all that and more as we talk. And I just want to welcome you on for the very first time, Tom Settle. Welcome hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, really excited for the season. Really excited to talk about it. This will be fun. And as this weird season gets started, um, I just wanted to kind of kick off about how this podcast came about. I know, Tom, I came to you to start. Um, Originally, I wanted to do something solo, but um, realizing that uh, I need need someone with a little bit more insight, someone I can debate with, share my insights with, and hopefully um, we'll agree at some points and maybe not at others, but um, I'm very happy to have you as my partner, and uh, I'd like to hear some of your insights. So the reason that the reason that I got into this podcasting ordeal is because really, Tom, I don't know about you, but I was just kind of sitting on my butt watching racing. It became one of a passion, a real something that I look forward to every weekend, and really dove deep into researching. Um, and I know just sitting back watching Drive to Survive on Netflix wasn't enough for me. And uh, just watching the races and talking about it just to one of my other buddies, I'd really kind of wanted to create a social platform where maybe others could get involved, um, especially Americans. I know it's a Formula One in general is a new sport in America for people to get into, um, especially open wheel racing. I just kind of wanted to share my passions and I wanted a partner, um, a partner to come along with me. And that's why I kind of reach out to you. And I don't know if you want to talk about what you were thinking when I reached out. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's it though, right? Like one crazy times right now, we got more time than we know what to do with. Right. But also you mentioned it drive to survive comes out mid or late February. We're hype as ever for the season to start in a couple of weeks. And then in a matter of a week, a weekend, like shit hits the fan with the virus. And we not only want content to digest in, in racing, but also we're like, all right, we want more. Like you said, like we, we finished drive to survive in a matter of, you know, 12 hours. So, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was an opportunity to create. And it was an opportunity to talk about what's going on. And like you said, not a lot of this stuff is going on in America. Um, 
And it wasn't until Drive to Survive came on Netflix that a lot of people our age, a lot of people, you know, in Indy in particular, really um, started to look at the sport in a different way. And I think a lot of them were introduced to it and and really liked what they see. And really, just for a little bit of background, Tom and I have been best friends since we were really little. But um, our ability to kind of come together, I know after watching the Drive to Survive documentary, um, that was something that we connected on um, definitely in college and, and kept talking on. But that second season really was the ultimate cliffhanger hanger if you're thinking about it, right? We're two, three weeks away from the opening of the season, one week away from testing. Um, and if you think about that final episode, when it's coming to a conclusion, just the ultimate, this is going to be an incredible season. At the, it's going to be an amazing silly season with so many different con, or drivers looking for different contracts. Uh, so again, just the ultimate cliffhanger. You and I recognize the opportunity to possibly create more content for people to consume that want to know more about racing, debate more about racing. And uh, I don't think I could think of a better person to do it. Love it. So let's just start transitioning into our very first talking points. Uh, Big weekend in racing. When I say big, not really that big compared to actual racing, but just the introduction of e-racing into um, the sports world. Um, You're seeing a lot of different drivers, whether that be in F1 or whether that be in IndyCar, um, starting to get their sim racing in. Um, A lot of big names coming into IndyCar this weekend. Um, Some really big names coming into the F1 Virtual Grand Prix. Um, So I I was going to start off, Tom, with a a couple of different talking points about what I thought for IndyCar, and we can kind of compare and contrast against F1. So... Tom, I don't know if you had a couple talking points you want to talk about, and we can kind of jive off each other. That's a stupid <laughs> word, but I mean, roll. right off the bat, right? Like e-racing, you know, it's been around. No one's paid attention to it, and it was kind of like the natural step for production crews to start like doing something because you know, season starts, fans want to see something, and. Well, two weeks ago, they do a Formula One virtual race, and it was very much like a, whoever wants to play can play, you know, and it, it's still kind of that way. And it's kind of getting its feet where more drivers, whether Formula One or just in the Formula Series, you know, current, retired, whatever it is, are coming on the scene uh, doing it. But um, generally, I mean, compared driver-wise, where's IndyCar and where's where's the F1 series? So in my opinion, I think IndyCar has all of their big names there. Everyone that they need to be there is there. And on top of that, you also have Jimmy Johnson, that famous NASCAR seven-time champion, um, trying to get his feet wet with IndyCar. And there's even talks about him racing in that doubleheader for the IndyCar Grand Prix of Indianapolis and the Brickyard 400. So there's just been a lot of hype, a ton of big names. I know um, Scott Dixon raced his first time. Uh, Colton Herta, really a large number of regular IndyCar full-time drivers um, were there racing. And it was really interesting to get um, some of their takes. And to me, I thought there was a clear distinction between people who took it extremely seriously, um, like Sage Karam, 
And there are other people like Connor Daly, who you and I watched his Twitch stream, who just, they were there for the hell of it. It wasn't a big deal. Um, I even caught a brief moment where he talked about how there is no comparison to the actual racing that they did at Barber to the virtual. Yeah. No, I, I think um, Daly racing. was playing Birio card out there. I mean, he was, he was having a good time <laughs> laughing. Right. And it was really a unique perspective from his stream. Um, Cause again, he wasn't taking anything pretty seriously, but if you looked on NBC SN, which I thought was really interesting that they actually nationally televised that. And I saw the ratings come in. Um, There's just under 600,000 people that tuned in to watch, which is mm-hmm. crazy numbers, um, at least for people watching video games. I know I'm sitting there, my wife's thinking I'm crazy to watch other people race virtually. But at this point, I'm so desperate to watch some sort of racing um, that I'll sit there and do that. Um, but I think it was really interesting to see the start of the race, right? Some of the most intense racing you could have, but you can just tell that they're doing it through a video game because there's some action at the back of the pack, right? The race starts and there's tons of crashes because people aren't sure how to really drive in the entire ordeal. But the, especially on live televisions, it's just hard to capture all of it, right? Um, you got crashes at the back of the pack, but they can't really watch that as they're watching the front runners try to get away with all their racing. Um, so to me, that's something, if there was to be any sort of improvement, they need to find a better way to really get a, a hold of the entire action to make it more realistic to what it's like. In I agree. Life. I would say generally, uh, and I don't know what it comes down to, whether it's video game developers or what, but generally with this all being very new, Production quality on the F1 race today, I thought was really good from the, you know, normal voices we're used to hearing and the bouncing back between, I think they had multiple studios, live studios, and the game itself does a pretty decent job to make it feel real life and and whatnot. But the, the thing that just still bothers me, considering these are professional drivers, is the limits they're putting on or the settings they're putting in the game or whatever it is where you know crashes aren't crashes and bumps cause no damage um the the races themselves are very simple and it's simply just who makes the least amount of mistakes right i think it was it was in very evident in uh leclerc taking off from the gun and just basically makes no mistakes, right? No, just completely distance himself. And right from the get-go, you could tell, like, they were almost pushing for pandemonium, right? No damage, no nothing is going to promote that, that sort of racing where it's no rules. And honestly, I'm surprised some of the no-namers, like the um, cricket player, I don't know why he just didn't absolutely dive on it into the Bro, first corner. This guy, had nothing though, to lose. Be- ben Stokes. Okay, I I see the name. I'm like, oh, is this an American? Like, let's check him out. One, they have one. He had a hor- horrible race. Couldn't couldn't get his handles on the car. <laughs> I think it was his first time on a sim. Mm-mm. He 
he starts, I think, last on the grid anyway. They have him on post post race for a live interview. Completely botched, no audio. He's just sitting there in his rig. One, the guy's <laughs> a meat stick. Like he's got some like nasty uh, shoulder tattoos. He's just chiseled. And I, right when I heard he was a, a cricketer, I'm like, give me a break, man. This is who we're having in the race. But low key, like he's my guy. I want him in every race, and I want him to get better. I, it'd be. I don't think it would be good for the virtual racing world, though, if you had some sort of cricket player race every single weekend and by chance he gets better and actually has a decent finish. I don't think that's necessarily good for the sport because it, it's basically like, right, if you, if you entered a 10-year-old into, into racing the F1 drivers and by the end of their sixth time they can somehow compete um, with these top professional players – I don't think that's a good omen for the sport. I'm with you. Like, what the hell is he doing in that race? But kind of a comic relief in a sense of hilarious to see him try to navigate everything. And then what was it? The second laugh, he just yeah. kind of spun out on his own in the final corner. I don't think he came close to finishing the race, but hey, he showed up. I yeah. think he was yeah. three laps down. Incredible. And he was in 19th because, oh man, who is, who is the other racer they were trying to compete with? But he was an actual ex like Formula One dude. Yeah, it was a short. It was a small grid today too because Lando, his game mysteriously cut out post. Well, I think it's terrible yeah. too. Not to mention too, the guy is. I think he's a, a pretty renowned Twitch streamer now. He had over fifty thousand mm-hmm. people watching him during the race. He's sitting there, you know, you know, buzz cut and all. The the kids Loki got a bit of a receding hairline now. Um, fifty thousand people watching him just kind of commentate the race. And like he's not even in there. He's kind of just pissed off he's not racing. Whatever it is. But the guy, he's got a platform, he's got a following, and he was kind of one of the early bandwagon guys on this game and pushing to compete in these races and you know i think as the weeks come the fans want to see more drivers in there i mean we want lewis in there we want we want vettel in there we want the verstappen in there the top guys in there and leclerc needs to go boast his third grand prix win to you know whatever it is virtual or real life third put it in the books um and he and he needs to yeah. give this a little clout and get some guys in here. I mean, seriously, yeah, no, was dumb. dominating performance. Dude did not make a single res- mistake. And if you, and Arthur Leclerc too, his little brother was, was sneaky fast. And if it wasn't for, like you said, it was all about not making mistakes. Arthur made three mistakes that mm-hmm. cost him two two positions. It's like uh, the commentator Matt said, the race was a lot closer than we thought. If Lungard, who I didn't like from the get-go. And I don't know if that was just because he was driving a Renault car um, that pissed me off or because he was beating George Russell, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but if they didn't make those mistakes, Charles is under a little bit more pressure and maybe he's a little bit more likely to make a mistake. So I think, what was it, we have another race in two weeks. He's obviously coming back. Well, that's the funny thing. Um, Leclerc, so do I think- he wouldn't even commit to coming back. At the end of the race, 
They're like, oh, are you coming back? He's like, oh, you know, uh, team manager will uh, let me know if I'm coming back. I'm like, brother, one, you're in your living room. Um, you sit down, you play the game. He, he, he mentioned he's put in 40 hours over the last eight days on, on the sim, which is crazy. Which is awesome. Um, he also was yeah. mentioning that he was, you know, sweating profusely after the race. I'm like, brother, what are you in a sauna here? I've never sweat in my life playing a video game, but you know, <laughs> nonetheless, he, he needs to come back. He needs, he, he's kind of the only hope the fans have to watching, you know, the most realistic Grand Prix we can get, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, George, you know, you're a hell of a driver, but you're never going to be sitting top five on the grid majority of the race. So, and to be honest with you, I think Charles is besides Lando, the one kid who's going to give you the most pull as, as far as PR um, for the virtual Grand Prix. Um, Cause I'm trying to look at some of these other names Nicholas Latifi, too brand new. And honestly, his intro made him look like um, mm. kind of a big D-bag, in my opinion. He just, he doesn't look like a likable dude. And it doesn't make him have any pull, I think. Um, Giovinazzi is just a no-name, about as no-name as you can get for being an F1 driver. And George Russell, I think it's just the curse of him driving for Williams um, again, just not that big of a following because he didn't have a chance to prove himself in the front at all um, last season. So I think Leclerc is again, like you said, he wouldn't commit to coming back, but I think, I really just think it's such a scramble because of the weird times that, you know, nothing's really set in stone because no one knows what the hell is going to happen next. Cause it's just such a brand new situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, they're, they're doing the best they can. You know, we're, we're lucky to have these, these races to watch. Um, and the drivers are doing well too, personally, you know, guys like Lando and, and he'll hop on iRacing with Max and, you know, do a Twitch stream. And, you know, it, it, we, we'd like to see that. We'd like to see their personal lives and, and, and dive a little more into that. So there's an opportunity there. But as far as race weekends go, I mean, I just don't know how how realistic this is going to get you know god willing this maybe goes through four grand prix but we never know um so we'll yeah. see you know also too the 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 other formula series drivers you know whether that's formula e and you know, f2 or whatever it is they like the facetime because a guy a guy like lungard who honestly probably drive of the day because Leclerc is kind of expected to drive that way gets sure. pull what I saw gets pull and then somehow gets a five spot grid penalty for, I think they said speeding in the pit lane, which I thought that, I thought that was in race, but I'm on a, I'm, I thought that was in race, but again, little glitch in the system there definitely could tidy up in the next, next stream. But yeah, I mean, overall, <laughs> I think both IndyCar and, you know, Formula One have, have areas improve, but it was entertaining. You know, it's on live television, which is a big deal. And like you said, you know, people are watching. People want to see it, whether it's on the internet or it's on TV. Race fans are, you know, always going to be race fans. So, you know, we could sit here all day and banter about what can be better about it, but it's kind of in the driver's hands 
to um, make it what it can be. And hopefully this doesn't last too long. Yeah. And I'm surprised that, you know, anybody, especially in Sky Sport News or even here in America, like ESPN, like, what else is going on? Why are you not trying to put that on the computer, like on the screen? Like, that's something actually uh, with some better name recognition than I was able to watch uh, the Cornhole Champions on ESPN2. Why not put that on there? I completely agree. So interesting, interesting that IndyCar made it, made it on air, but F1 did not. So I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting take as far as television network wise, but something, something else that I noticed extremely awkward uh, start of the IndyCar race. You had the Alabama, uh, Miss Alabama singing the national anthem. No, I didn't see that. Did you catch that? Oh, Dude, sounds like the so gig of her lifetime. The girl was, she's alone in this room, this recording. She has her pageant crown on. Um, and some pageant girls just have the crazy eyes. And she was giving the camera the crazy eyes and trying to sing this opera national anthem. Um, incredibly awkward. I'm sitting there watching it with my wife, and she just, starts breaking out and laughing and that's about all I can do as well. I get the tradition of trying to start or trying to make it seem as much like a race as possible. But uh, I feel like for a video game where everybody's by themselves in the living room, maybe uh, uh, someone coming on to sing the national. And hey, I, I, like, I like the intention. I think next race, we need to fly over, you know, get the fans. I, I, I want, I want chills <laughs> in my living room. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather be an actual flyover or just a flyover? Whatever it is, form? I just need my speakers blown out by the end of it. It was funny, too. They did a uh, gentleman Start Your Engines by uh, Charles Barkley. He gave, since he lived close to the track, um, they gave him the ability to say, gentlemen, start their engines. And it panned quickly to, like, the starting grid. And it was just the the lamest virtual car starting sound just like a vroom and that's I love that. all you I got. mean the the uh the the production you know the awkward transitions are always going to be there I noticed the same thing in Formula 1 it's like they they finish their qualifying and 0.5 seconds later the grids lined up and I'm like hello here we go you know we're racing but you know but yeah. the the traditions I they need to say there same same deal with Formula 1 you know we get the the uh, traditional lights out and away we go here in Melbourne. So I was weird starting that way. Right. They just, they cut from the studio directly to the race. I think what was it when it was at Bahrain, you at least got a formation lap. There's some time to kind of collect your thoughts, but right away it was like they cut to the racing. There were already five red lights and it was go time. Like it, You didn't have any time to be like, Oh, like, Oh, and honestly, they it probably right, caught the drivers the off, the off guard. Leclerc had, I think, almost a full second by turn one, right out of the gate, and then another right out of the gate. Yeah, no, I mean, I you never see possible. something like that. So he wasn't challenged from the gun, and I think he had a full two seconds by the end of lap one, and it was just, you know, his race to mess up, and he didn't. So th- three time, three time champ. And honestly, if it's if that's just him with forty hours of driving on sims, it'll be kind of crazy if he gets. Two more weeks to put yeah, even more. No, time definitely. In. I honestly am surprised, considering the grid has a mix of Formula One drivers and 
you know, esports guys as well as um, you know, I know there's like a YouTube guy on there who like basically full time is on the sim. Um, how these guys aren't competing with the the Formula One drivers, the the standings, basically the entire race, the top eight, top seven were F1, F2 drivers in some capacity. And I was like, man, are they nerfing these cars? Mm-hmm. Like, how is this? Because there's always those nuances of the game that I would think would take a while to pick up right. on. Like, I don't think a YouTuber could hop in a Formula One car and, you know, throw a 120 on Melbourne. But it surprises me that a professional driver can hop on the sim and be so good. Well, it's just what they're naturally born to do. I agree. There's got to be the nuances that they were talking about. But at some point, there's got to be some natural instinct. Like Jensen Button, man, with a P11, very casual for him. Honestly, being a lot older than some of these kids hopping on the sim and going out there. And really, some of his interaction, I forget, who who's he, he was racing with Tifi, wasn't he? And he was being extremely defensive in some of the corners that he took. Um, and it was seemed like kind of a old Wiley pro, you know? Yeah, no, it's good to see. Um, and that's the other part of it is, is ideally we see a little more aggressive driving out of these guys because at the end of the day, they're in a sim, their lives aren't at risk. Which is why I was kind of surprised that towards the end of the race, what was there, two laps to go? And you had Giovinazzi going into turn one just – did absolutely nothing. One of the most boring race yeah. moves I've and seen. I don't think there's, you know, a, a purse they're competing for. I mean, this is all just kind of out of the good hearts that they're getting on here and, and uh, you know, streaming out to the world. So uh, it'll be interesting what, what they can do with this. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. There was a competition yellow in the IndyCar race at lap 15 that added a lot more strategy to the race than I think you could get. What would you be your thoughts about there being um, kind of a competition virtual safety car or an actual safety car? Well, it's interesting to bring that up because I noticed that in the IndyCar race and I liked it because you had guys like Dixon running into the pit real quick, changing tires, getting gas, getting fuel. It's an opportunity for these broadcasts to give the fans a bit more insight on pit strategy and um, adding things like safety cars into the mix uh, to make it as realistic as you can. Because pit strategy is always kind of one of those things that no one really understands. And um, in the Formula One races, they're uh, the virtual ones, they're just 50% of the normal race. So it's easy if uh, the team's on a two-pit strategy and in real life, they just go to a one-pit strategy. I would like to see a little more done with that in in the f1 series because i think i think it's an opportunity to to uh teach the fans a little more about that yeah and honestly you saw it it's a whole entire reason mclaughlin won the actual race at at at, um at barber it's really the only reason that he was able to be aggressive on a two-stop because he was able to make up all right and at the end of the day the games the games virtual all the the telemetry is is available for us to see so you could really get into the numbers and kind of show what's going on right right so it's very interesting to see honestly ballsy moves by mclaughlin the australian supercar champion from new zealand 
just saying screw it and being able to pull off a victory for Team Penske. Um, I know he's talked about wanting to get into IndyCar for a very long time. I don't. How much would you carry this technically a win in in an i racing series to the actual uh, track? At the end of the day, I don't think you can. You know, as much as you want to, uh, I think it's just it's bragging rights amongst amongst these drivers. I think having a supercar race car driver come in and just he didn't necessarily dominate because he had willpower on on his on his back the entire time, but I think his ability to go out there and win, honestly be extremely cheeky and just sneak in a pit stop before the yellow, um, I think, again, proves that it is just for bragging rights. It's not about actual racing ability, especially if uh, Robert Wickens, the man who's paralyzed, being able to get up there and win. Yeah. Or, I, what do you get, P6? So P8? It's cool, right? It's entertainment. You yeah. know, it's, it's the best we can do. So, so I believe... Going in two weeks, um, I think for IndyCar, it's a driver's pick, um, which means they're going oval racing. I'm trying to look out where they're going next, but I believe they're either racing in Indy or in St. Louis. Um, One of the two. It would be fun to see them race in in Indianapolis, but um, that's the next race for IndyCar. And then two weeks' time, we're going to be seeing F1 race at – where is F1? At Shanghai, that's right. Whatever it is, we got two weeks time, that's and nice. I and I I hope in that time we can get more commitment out of other drivers um, on both ends. I think the the ultimately the best way this could be done is if you got every guy on the same sim, you know, sponsored by the series, you know, had an actual competitive grid. I mean, these guys want to compete, but they're not going to compete if they're all not there and everything's not uniform and and you know done right and now is that investment worth it i don't think so because hopefully this stuff's done with in a couple weeks or a a month or so but Mm. hey it's it's entertainment and uh you know it's all all we got it's all we got it's all we got right now all right ladies and gentlemen so that's going to conclude our first episode of the open wheel debrief with your friends, Patrick Hamilton and Tom Settle. Join us next week. We're going to be recording every Monday night. and That's our goal to get the episode out by Monday or Tuesday. Join us next time as we talk about the next races. Um, we're going to be talking about our F1 fantasy teams, our F1 fantasy lineups. We're going to talk about what we think is right, what we think is wrong, what's good for your money. So go ahead and give us a like, subscribe, Love if you, you like, all. and uh, see you guys next time.
Daniel Debrief by Tom Settle and Patrick Hamilton.